the world is watching our nations our communities our families and i know that our kids they are all watching let us please unite let's act and let us deliver together let us show that humanity can find solidarity let's unite let's act and let us deliver in dubai that was UAE COP28 President-designate Dr. Sultan Al-Jaber just weeks before the much-anticipated COP28 climate conference in Dubai, speaking to thought leaders and officials at a pre-COP28 opening ceremony. Expectations are high for climate solutions as the UAE hosts the COP conference for the first time. But what is COP? What should we expect? And what does it all mean for humanity? I'm Cody Combs, future editor for The National and the new host of Business Extra podcast, You're listening to the first episode of a special Climate Edition series coinciding with the Climate Summit that will kick off later this week on November 30th. We'll be there bringing you all the updates and key information that you need to know. But before we start, if you want to get all the episodes of this series as soon as they come out, please follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. Renewables have never been cheaper or more accessible. We know it is still possible to make the 1.5 degree limit a reality. And we know how to get there. We have roadmaps from the International Energy Agency and the IPCC. It requires tearing out the poisoned root of the climate crisis, fossil fuels. And it demands a just, equitable, renewables transition. Leaders must drastically up their game now with record ambition, record action, and record emissions reductions. Just a few days away from world leaders coming together for the annual UN Climate Summit in Dubai, the UN chief Antonio Guterres made these remarks urging leaders to make more emission pledges to limit climate change. The current promises of countries to reduce carbon emissions would still make the global heat between 2.5 degrees Celsius and 2.9 degrees above the pre-industrial levels. And if the world reached a three-degree rise, that would be a dead end or a point of no return. So the expectations are high for COP28 this year. But first, let's take a step back and look at the basics. First of all, what is COP? COP stands for Conference of the Parties, the parties, of course, meaning countries, who meet to discuss the UN's framework on climate change. And global warming, of course, that's what happens when greenhouse gases get trapped in the Earth's atmosphere and, in turn, makes the planet hotter. The whole point of COP gatherings, which started in 1995, is to try to get countries on the same page to some extent and come up with climate solutions. Of course, there's a lot of acronyms and jargon that get thrown around. EVs, PVs, and GHGs, to name a few. EVs, electric vehicles. PVs, photovoltaic power, also known as solar power. And GHGs, that means greenhouse gases. Also during COP28, you'll hear a lot about these three stages of climate action. Number one, mitigation, which basically means various methods for limiting climate change by the use of electric cars, wind turbines, among other innovations. Number two, adaptation, which looks at ways to deal with the damage already caused by climate change, such as flood defense structures and drought-resistant crops. Number three, loss and damage, which refers to the potential funding provided to developing countries that are most vulnerable to climate change. 
But what about previous cops? As far as media coverage and pomp and pageantry go, the 1997 Conference of the Parties meeting in Japan ingrained cop importance on the minds of many with something called the Kyoto Protocol. It was widely seen as the first global attempt to address climate change. The protocol called for the establishment of greenhouse gas reductions, overall emission reductions, and various climate implementation timelines. We'll recommend the adoption of this protocol to the conference by unanimity. It was far from perfect. There wasn't much of an enforcement mechanism. Some said the timelines for implementation were too lengthy. And years later, the U.S., a major emitter of greenhouse gases, failed to ratify it and eventually withdrew. Then U.S. President George W. Bush didn't mince words while withdrawing. The Kyoto Protocol was fatally flawed in fundamental ways. The world's second largest emitter of greenhouse gases is China. Yet China was entirely exempted from the requirements of the Kyoto Protocol. India and Germany are among the top 10 emitters. Yet India was also exempt from Kyoto. But as years went on in Italy, Argentina, Canada, Kenya, and Poland, just to name a few countries, cops kept happening. Policy kept evolving, and it reached a crescendo at COP21 in 2015. That's where the historic pact to combat climate change was agreed upon by 195 nations in Paris, known as the Paris Agreement. The importance of that agreement was not lost upon then-UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon or Executive Secretary of the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change, Christiana Figueres. We can look into the eyes of our children, our grandchildren, and we can finally say, tell them that we have joined hands to bequeath a more habitable world to them and to future generations. It is an agreement of conviction. It is an agreement of solidarity with the most vulnerable. It is an agreement of long-term vision. And then, with the swing of a gavel and a stirring speech by then-French President Francois Hollande, the Paris Agreement was solidified. À Paris, il y a eu bien des révolutions depuis des siècles. Mais aujourd'hui, c'est la plus belle et la plus pacifique des révolutions qui vient d'être accomplie, la révolution pour le changement climatique. L'accord de Paris pour le climat est accepté. That applause, however, was met with some harsh realities and ample work still to be done. Again, the U.S. briefly withdrew, but later rejoined. Enforcement actions for the agreement proved more difficult than anticipated. Then came COP26 in Glasgow, where 190 countries agreed to phase down coal power. But the key word there is phase down, not out. The original text sought to phase out coal, but that proved to be a bridge too far for some. Much to the regret of COP26 President Alok Sharma. I apologize for the way this process has unfolded. Um, and uh, I'm deeply sorry. I also understand the, the deep disappointment. But I think, as you have noted, it's also vital that we um, protect this package. And most recently at COP27 in Egypt, there was significant progress made on loss and damage funds for vulnerable countries. The UN's climate change executive secretary, Simon Steele, reflected on the achievement. So what have we achieved? We've determined a way forward on a decade-long conversation on funding for loss and damage. 
deliberating over how we address the impacts on communities whose lives and livelihoods have been ruined by the very worst impacts of climate change. So at COP27, we've established the fund that will provide one pillar of the response required to ensure loss and damage is addressed. So what about COP28? Before delving into what's hoped to be reached at the summit, let's talk about the location itself. Back in 2021, during COP26 in the UK, the UAE bid to host COP28 and was officially chosen as the host country by the United Nations without objection. Specifically, it's taking place in Dubai at the site of Expo 2020, in which 192 countries took part in back in 2021 to exchange ideas and share cultural perspectives. World leaders showed up, Ronaldo stopped by, even Coldplay rocked the house, and lead singer Chris Martin even reflected on Expo's eco-aspirations to the concert crowd. All these pavilions telling us how the world can be better and kinder and cleaner and greener and more together. And that is really cool. So we're proud to be here. So the site, now known as Expo City Dubai, has been recycled in a way, and it's ready to accommodate all the climate visitors. COP28 will be divided into two zones, a blue zone and a green zone. The negotiations among world leaders and policymakers will all take place in the blue zone. Meanwhile, over in the green zone, you'll find the general public, youth groups, academia, businesses, artists, and others who will gather to discuss, debate, and to some extent show off climate tech and nature tech solutions. COP28 will also have unprecedented representation of young people, more than 100 youth climate advocates. UAE's Razan al-Mubarak, UN climate change high-level champion for COP28, recently spoke about the importance of youth involvement. Let us also not forget that we're not in this for us alone. We need to solve the climate crisis for our children and our children's children. This is why youth will be given a central place at COP28 and hopefully beyond. After all, it is their future that we're talking about. From November 30th to December 12th, it's hoped that COP28 will take stock of the progress made since the Paris Agreement in 2015, evaluating the world's response to the climate emergency, also known as the global stock take. In turn, that first-ever global stock take since the Paris Agreement will inform what needs to happen to bridge the gaps in climate progress. COP28 seeks to ensure that the world responds to the global stock take with a clear action, Will it all unfold as planned? That remains to be seen. But one thing is certain, for COP28, as the COP president-designate says, it's all hands on deck. We want it to be a COP of solidarity that bridges global north and south and includes public and private sectors, scientists and civil society, women and youth. And we want it to be a practical COP a cop of action, a cop for all, a cop that raises ambition and moves from goals to actually getting it done across mitigation, adaptation, loss and damage, and of course, finance. Thanks for listening to this episode of Business Extra. For more information on the COP28 climate conference in Dubai, head on over to thenationalnews.com to check out other episodes of Business Extra's Climate Edition, where we'll be bringing you interesting and insightful conversations about how to make the world more sustainable. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast content. 
Thanks to our podcast production team, and of course, thanks to you for listening. For the National Reporting in the UAE, I'm future editor Cody Combs.